0: And welcome to the Confound Millennials, starring Steven, Sturvin Michaels, and featuring special guest, Phoenix Embers! Ta-da!
1: <laughs> gotta, gotta add the jazz hands, you know.
0: Gotta pull that Will Smith, just... <laughs> yes! But, uh, so... Phoenix, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, why you're on this podcast, and well, I don't think either of us know why you're on this podcast, but, um, you know, explain things for us. Tell us what's up.
1: Oh, man. Okay. I'm Phoenix Embers. I'm currently a content creator, but. I'm absolutely all over the place. I crochet and sell stuff there. I do flow arts, which is a type of dance with prop manipulation. So sometimes I perform at festivals. I was a stripper for five years and I feel like that really identifies me. I was really passionate about it. <laughs> um, oh man, chaotic, sweet, random bubbly redhead very much a millennial never got over my scene phase uh quite fully Uh, i feel like those are enough categories to get a mental image
0: (laughs) yes we uh we now fully know who you are and uh
1: backstory needed
0: (laughs) (laughs) but no um I definitely feel ya on the scene kid thing. My mind never grew out of it, but my body did. It said you're not going to have hair as soon as I started dyeing it green.
1: Oh man, I I was a big perpetrator of the Kool-Aid dye. That was that was my go-to. Just mix it with some conditioner, some tin foil, good to go. <laughs>
0: Wow, we talking about we talking about pulling some eighties tactics out.
1: Hey man. Oh, no. No. Nope. No. My one liner just shot through the window. You didn't want to hear it. It was bad.
0: Okay, that's 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 fine. So you uh how long have you been in this industry of stripping and online girl things and all of that
1: the uh the stripping started i believe in 2014 uh it was on my bucket list um and i was really sick for a period of time so i was just like shooting through things on my bucket list and finally landed on stripping and uh Ended up at the top of Gainesville in Gainesville, Georgia. This tiny little hole in the wall strip club. I loved it.
0: Humble uh, beginnings.
1: Oh yeah, but honestly, the best place I ever worked. I've been New Orleans, South Carolina, Florida, all over Atlanta. Still, top of Gainesville ranks number one strip club <laughs> in my heart. Um, the E Girl stuff. I would say started probably 2018, 2019. um, But making money off of it started this year.
0: Okay, so you totally feel me on what we were talking about before we started about um, how, you know, how much money you put into being an online personality and then maybe not seeing any for two years.
1: Yeah, that people really underestimate the hard work that it takes to build up your audience. And I certainly underestimated it when I started uh, getting into the business. And you'll just drown, drown in it because you got to get the light ring, you have to get your room set up, you have to get a quality camera. I'm I'm like very low end tier on all of those things right now. (laughs)
0: Yeah, same. Uh, we're still we're still running on a few hand me downs here, and uh, we are very grateful to all of those that have donated toward the cause. <laughs> but usually, I,
1: I, think I the same.
0: <laughs> yeah, usually I have like a digital background, but I didn't feel like spending an hour and a half making one spooky season themed. Uh, so I just hung some decorations up.
1: You honestly have done a lot better than uh, I have done. I am dollar store chic with my one Halloween edition. Hey.
0: Dollar store. Dollar store. Wherever the bat is. Dollar store. And then my cousin's front porch.
1: I, I'm loving the cat and the pumpkin. I'm having a really hard time taking my eyes off of it, actually. That's been my focal point through most of this so far. <laughs>
0: it's the cat with the pumpkin nice?
1: I love it so much.
0: So, oh, you said you started with stripping. What motivated you to get into that?
1: Um, Believe it or not, from a very young age, I always thought it was very, like, Glamorous. I like the ideas, the idea of the heels and being seductive and basically being an entertainer for pay. Um, it just took kind of facing my mortality a little bit to get the guts to go in it and just try it and do it. And uh, I told myself that I would quit if I didn't like it after my first day and I did it for like five, six years. So (laughs) obviously it was, it was a pretty awesome gig. I loved it so much.
0: So how many different places do you think you've worked at?
1: Oh, so I worked for a private party company where we would do like bachelor parties and birthday parties. Uh, So I've worked at like tons of houses where a girl and I have gone in with a bouncer and a speaker and just like blown up somebody's house. Uh, Not literally. Uh,
0: Yeah, um we actually when I uh first was uh scheduling this interview with you, I was at the um I was at the rehab that I was at for a little bit of those weeks and uh, i had told a few of the guys and they were like man we could set up a poll in here like i showed a couple of your instagram photos and they're like she want to do a charity for the hickey house she want to do a charity for our uh, rehab up here <laughs> i
1: mean i actually did um kind of a charity performance on a star trek set i think in like maybe 2015 um, one of the members of the crew uh, was really ill at the time, and so I did like a special little dance room and it was so ethereal because the entire cast and crew was just kind of around and watching, and it was very mixed kind of group of people. I, you know, I might, I might be down to do that. That sounds, that sounds weird. That sounds chaotic. That sounds fun. Let's do it.
0: <laughs> there you go, Hickey boys, you got it. But so I cut you off. Uh, You were pretty much saying that you uh, many places.
1: Oh, many places. One one place out of state, um, one club out of state. uh, But as far as like how many places I've danced in general and numeral, but uh, at least five in Atlanta, I can say for sure. Um, and then tons of events in Florida and South Carolina and so on.
0: You ever get into like a club and like, you're like, okay, this is, this is sketchier than I mean to be involved in.
1: Oh man. Uh, those are usually my favorite clubs to work in. Uh, and I blame the top of Gainesville for that. It, (laughs) got me addicted to the culture of like small club sisterhood uh there's a place called gold rush in atlanta and rumors rumors is one of the sketchiest places i ever danced like the parking lot makes you nervous there was a crackhead that lived in the garbage can uh, the dumpster behind it then occasionally the uh the bouncers would have to like chase off with a broom um So that was, it was a very interesting club, but then the, can, can I say the P word in this podcast? Sure. Uh, girls would climb up. There would be this bar, right? And girls would climb up to the top of the bar. And at the very top of the bar, there were these two prongs. So you could put your ankle on each one and do a full split. So as you're drinking at the bar, you just kind of look up. And there's just a PPV view of, or, um, PPV, terminology, but a, a perspective view of what it would be like to be a dick almost, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, and it's just, things get wild there. And I, I love it. I look for the wildness. I look for the stories. There was also a girl who broke a lamp at the front desk and started threatening people with it at that same club uh so no not too sketchy that i wouldn't work there but definitely sketchy enough that i will become obsessed like i need to work here for at least two weeks
0: (laughs) so how long did it take to learn uh to dance
1: oh i because
0: that's a very specific kind of dancing
1: A long time and a lot of practice. It was about six months before I got comfortable enough to even be open to the idea of pole dancing. Um, I was like, oh, I'm just, I'm gonna be a girl who shimmies and chashes on stage and seduces them with my eyes. I don't need to do pole work. And then one night we were really slow and the girls were all up there and I did my first trick and I spun around and got that feeling of flying and it was game over, but it was about a year before I got to where I was doing some genuine badass tricks.
0: So just a year to badassery, is it something (laughs) that you still practice to this day?
1: no I don't have access to a pole to this day I I'm very worried that I'm gonna get up there my upper body strength isn't going to match uh, to my dancing desires and I'm gonna fall on my face I'm ready for it though oh,
0: no. don't be ready for it that that sounds terrible
1: <laughs> you, a lot of bruises with I'm ready to work. get
0: up I'm ready to get up on stage in front of a whole bunch of men and fall on my face.
1: Hey man, you know what? Pity tips are still
0: tips. So, uh, I guess that kind of answers my uh, next question. Like, it was going to be something about uh, pole dancing as an exercise. Like, I guess it's a. Do you need any other exercise when you're pole dancing?
1: Um. To get better at tricks, I would recommend um, lifting and just building your upper body and your leg strength. Uh, but when you're doing it, you can do it as your main form of exercise, especially if you get up there for like an hour a day, just drilling different tricks. Oh, you're fit. I used to be very, very muscular toed, almost uncomfortably buff from simply dancing all the time. <laughs>
0: There was. Uh, I'm suddenly reminded of an old TV show I used to watch. It's a nerd show called Chuck. And uh, wait, no, it wasn't Chuck. It was Psych, or maybe it was both. It was both of these shows. Uh, they signed up for like pole dancing lessons as uh, exercise. Two guys, and in Chuck. It was like called Strip Kick. It was supposed to be like a uh, mix between martial arts and pole dancing.
1: I would be obsessed. I would pay so much money to be in a martial arts pole dancing class.
0: Start it. Start it. Learn a little martial arts and work it in.
1: You're right. That's if you a new can dream it, you can do right it. I don't think I can name it Strip cake. I don't think I can come up with a better name than Strip Kick. That's <laughs> the issue.
0: So, uh, reeling it back in, I'm interested in know, or knowing what are some of the strangest requests that you've gotten while you were working?
1: One of my favorite memories... Um, I had gone to Dragon Con all day and then went to work um, at a club called Mardi Gras in Atlanta later that evening around 10 p.m. It was 11 p.m. I'm drenched in sweat, I'm gross, I smell like a con, but you know, I'm still still gonna work. And I'm sitting next to this customer and he's like, this is going to be a strange request, but uh, if I offer you $300 right here, do you think I could lick your armpit? <laughs> and at first I was like taken aback because to me, I was just absolutely disgusting, like, you know, pretty up, But I had a layer of sheen on me, you know what I mean? And I was like, all right, yeah. Uh, okay, I taste like sweat and deodorant and dragon con, but uh let's go. And he was like, That's exactly what I want. And I
0: was like Exactly what I want. I've been craving that sweet, sweet oh, was, taste of Dragon Con all day.
1: <laughs> if I could bottle it and sell it, I would. Oh my god. Uh, on pantydeal.com with the uh, dragon con armpit sweat little necklace vials.
0: Is that a real website?
1: It is. It is where you can sell any used item for the sex uh or for the purposes of sexual pleasure. For the sex is basically TLDR.
0: That is uh quite interesting might sell my dirty socks on there. We always, we've always said that, uh, you know, when in doubt, if we really need money for this podcast, we're going to start an OnlyFans and just sell feet pics.
1: I mean, it is doable. As long as you, you have the audience, you can do it. I've been thinking about one where I just sit naked and eat like a rabid animal.
0: People are into that.
1: Right? And I'm into that. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. I
0: is sit naked way. and eat rabbit like a rabid animal.
1: Oh yes. I when I'm really hungry, I love to just kind of shove food in my face like a wild beast. You ever uh heard that meme where it's like if you ever eaten popcorn so fast, you feel like you're not only feeding the horse, but you're also the horse. Yes. Same same thing, except there's no gingerly to it. <laughs> well, I guess a little bit. Well, a little
0: bit of ginger. I so, can't
1: escape the ginger.
0: I'm a I'm a ginger beard man, but my my hair is blonde. What grows of it? Do I still count as a ginger?
1: That's see, that's tough. That's actually a big argument in the ginger community. Some it's like you have to have the green eyes, the freckles and the red hair. Some are, you have to have the red hair, but it has to grow everywhere. Um, Some are, as long as you have red hair somewhere, you're a ginger. So I guess the real question is, do you have a soul or not?
0: I don't think so. I think I did at one point, but definitely not anymore.
1: It's probably a freckle on uh, some ginger's shoulder somewhere out there.
0: <laughs> is that is that how the saying goes? Lost souls or freckles on ginger's shoulders?
1: Well, I mean, we don't have them, so we got to collect them, you know?
0: That makes a lot of sense. So we already covered one of your weirdest requests. Is there any other out there that stand out?
1: Oh, I used to be able to do this acrobatic trick um, when I was doing like VIP dances. I'm not a very grind on you person, but I'm a very in-your-face entertainer. I don't like to be touched, but I will touch you. Kind of. So one of my favorite tricks was I would like sit on a person's lap and I would be able to convert into a handstand, do a split, put my legs on their shoulders and then flip back over to where it was sitting in their lap. And I was able to do this almost like mind bending flip. And I had one guy pay me to just do it for about 30 minutes over and over and over again. And that, it's one of my favorite memories. I got to say. <laughs> da, 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 da. For me, I felt like a circus performer. For him, it was probably a very different experience.
0: Circus performer. You know, that's one thing. Do you do you see a lot of people that used to do like trapeze stuff come in and like maybe my skills will transfer?
1: Say that one more time.
0: I was, sorry, I was wondering, do you ever see anybody, like, from the circus that's, like, a trapeze artist, and, like, maybe my skills will convert?
1: Uh, at Oasis, they're a burlesque club, not a strip club, which means they're a strip club that's under heat from the government, so they've changed their title, so the rules, uh, the same laws don't apply, so they can get away with certain things, and, uh, they have prop manipulation. You have to have a prop while you dance. So we have a lot of people from the flow community going in there with their dragon stabs and their fans and their silks and stuff and doing performances. We have a lot of contortionists. Uh, we get a lot of people who do contortion acts um, that will come in and strip and that's pretty much uh, their main appeal is the contortion, which Always impresses me. I can never take my eyes off of a good contortion act, especially, especially in um, stripper attire. It's, it's fucking met, man. Chef kiss.
0: So what... Um, back to my questions here. Uh, you know, we talked about weird requests. What's a... Uh, you know, and you were talking about good experience ones. Like, what's the most common thing you're asked that you're just like, I wish you would shut up.
1: Any Anything that's like propositioning, like men really want to get like all up in your business. And while I'm nothing against, I have nothing against full service sex workers. I also like wonder what the mindset of somebody who's gone into a strip club and is like, I get people who ask to eat me out a lot. That's a big one. And it's like who goes to the strip club and is like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay an exorbitant amount of money to orderly pleasure somebody else whom gets offers to be orally pleasured at least like 10 times a day. just
0: like 10 times a day.
1: Oh, it, it's bad depending on the club and what their roles are. Um, more covered clubs you get less propositioning, more respect. But the more they allow, as far as contact and nudity, the more you know they just kind of presume your full service. The
0: more degenerates walk in.
1: It's like I don't, I don't know your mouth, dude. I can't.
0: I don't know where that's been. I
1: don't know where that's been. And a lot of times, you know, they're smoking and they're drinking. So when they ask, you just get the rancid breath in the face. And it's like, oh, oh, no, you may not. (laughs) We just turn into the Sahara Desert for a second. It's a... But on that note, I've also known some full-service sex workers. Uh, There was a girl who, when she did VIPs, her only trick, she would lean up against the wall, and for the full 30 minutes, she would make herself squirt just over and over and over again. And an excessive amount, like I don't know how to explain to you how much liquid came out of this woman's body within a 3rd 30 minute like period of time. It was, the waitress would always come in with two giant handfuls of bar napkins, like thin ass bar napkins for this literal like two inches of water in this walk-in sized closet room. It was always, Wonderful and dis- disorienting to watch. Like, I didn't think that much fluid could be held in someone's body. Like, forget the is it P argument. Where is it coming from? <laughs>
0: <laughs> we need answers now.
1: I was so impressed and my job was always lookout so I would just always you know sit next to the customer and like look at the vip curtain to make sure she wasn't going to get in trouble for this monstrous mess she just made that's
0: kind of, of impressive
1: of rules and strip clubs and like a lot of them like kind of want you to offer illegal services but also don't want to catch you at all doing it so you have to be very alert very aware if you are a full service uh worker which leads to a lot of sisterhood between the soft core and the hardcore dancers
0: uh so how long have you been on OnlyFans you said uh you've been an e-girl for like since 2018 how long has OnlyFans been around
1: Fans, I think OnlyFans has been around for a little bit longer than 2018. I know it was originally meant to be like a Patreon-type service, um, and then it was mentioned in a song, and it kind of blew up from there, became very mainstream. Uh, but I started in March, and... Um, There was a big boom during the quarantine summer, but now that people are starting to get out and about, um, the market is very flooded with um, sellers and creators, but uh, not as much with buyers nowadays, which is, it's kind of like stocks. It was great if you got in there when the boom happened, but now it's... It's so, iffy. It's iffy. The new girl money is great.
0: right. The um you know, the same thing happened with podcasting uh during quarantine. Nobody had anything to do, so everybody wanted to be the next Joe Rogan. So yeah,
1: you can dream though.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh I know people that have started podcasts during the quarantine and got out of it and i really just wished they kept going
1: i feel like consistency and persistence really are the two keys uh with this because it takes it takes like one video one post that you know has a little spark to it that people like to really ignite and shoot off your viewership so as long as you're Active with it and you still keep going especially if you have like a nice little trajectory in the beginning but it's it really is all about exposure at the end of the day
0: so with my next question i was wondering um and i think i already know the answer to this which one would you pick if you had to choose one dancing or only fans
1: Oh, if I only had to choose one, I, oh man, that's really hard. I want to say, I want to say dancing because, um, it's kind of like gambling each night. You know, you go in, you might you might make a little bit of money, you might make a shit ton of money. With OnlyFans, it's a little bit more of a slow build, and you have to keep this consistent character going. Um, And with dancing, I was kind of able to, you know, pick who I wanted to be each night. And um, it was kind of like getting paid to party and getting paid to, like, be the prettiest girl at the party. There's still sales and a lot of hard work that goes to it. But there's there's just so much more that comes with dancing, honestly. And financially, it's a lot better than OnlyFans. But if you linked the two up, you would be unstoppable. So if there's any dancers listening, get on your OnlyFans and advertise to your customers. Because then the dough will just keep rolling in. Keep going.
0: Yeah, and uh yo, know, I remembered what I was going to say a minute ago. You were talking about OnlyFans being around for a while. We actually, when we first heard of OnlyFans, it was still geared for like everyone, and nowadays it's it's a very specific market that they uh, advertise to now.
1: Yeah, and that. That's really unfortunate because I see a lot of creators who are doing things like music or who do things like art. Um, the platform would be perfect. Oop, I think I, I froze up a little bit. We got you. Yay. Uh, the platform would be perfect uh, for those types of people. But because there's so much stigma added to it, the people who are going to you know, sign up and put their money towards OnlyFans are, you know, now expecting something more seductive, something a little bit more risque, which great for the sex work community, but pretty unfortunate. Like most most sites geared towards sex work uh, treat their creators like crap, but OnlyFans uh, is pretty good to their creators as long as you follow their weird rules. Which, going back to stripping, I'm pretty used to.
0: But It's like, uh, you know, we really... it It's such a great app. Like, uh, it really would have come in handy. We were going to, you know, do extra content and all that. And then we were like, maybe we're going to have to take this... Uh, uh, we had an idea for a confound calendar. It's just us and the most ridiculous sexy poses we could and uh we were like maybe we take this and just do do all those different shots and that's what we'll do honestly
1: um if you did that like maybe once every other week you did kind of a risque pose but mainly did behind the scenes you know, what you've got in the works, what you're thinking about, polls, stuff like that, it could still work for you. Um, I, I would recommend it. If you have a couple of loyal visit, um, viewers, listeners, um, that would really like to support you, uh, they're probably down to getting OnlyFans.
0: You know what? We're going to do it. I'm not even going to ask my co-host, Shannon Jordan. It's on like Donkey Kong. Let's do this.
1: Yes, and if anything, you know it'll be like an extra. Like, let's say you get like four subscribers, it could be like an extra, like twenty-five bucks. You could buy everybody pizza for the podcast, and that's just your passive income of subscriptions.
0: That's right. You heard it from Phoenix Embers, ladies and ho bags out there. If you would like to support the confound millennial make sure to uh, check us out on OnlyFans. Coming soon.
1: Hey! I'm so honored that I could be here for uh, the first teaser for the Confound Millennial OnlyFans. It's nice.
0: So, uh, while we're doing shout-outs and things of the sort, uh, would you like to shout anything out? Any social media plugs?
1: Ooh, um, yeah, if you would like to follow me on Instagram, uh, you can follow me at enlightened underscore embers. Uh kind of cheesy. I'm Phoenix Embers on OnlyFans and on Frisk Chat. Um <laughs> there's a if you Google all my links slash Phoenix Embers, uh it'll take you to all of my stuff and if you'd like i can forward you a link to that too
0: all right and we'll uh we'll put that in the description if that's allowed on youtube i don't know we'll figure it out
1: i i have some non-dirty links uh in my all my links so fingers crossed we can get away with it
0: (laughs) so all my links so how many different websites are you on Doing this kind of thing.
1: OnlyFans, Frisk Chat, uh, and Panty Deal are my big money earners. I also do merch um, because I'm all about diversifying my income. (laughs) Um,
0: I'm not going to lie. I lost my shit the other day. I had followed your uh, pages to make sure that I was up on everything and uh, saw the m- mug that you're selling. Yes, and-
1: sip the booty. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, That's so funny to me.
1: I, I was so like up my own ass when I wrote that, when I made that little advert. <laughs> Delicious art. Sip the booty. Squeeze the booty.
0: Look, we uh we don't have much money here at the confound millennial, but we can offer a mug trade. One official confound mug for a sip the booty mug. That's Ooh, what we offer offering. You know, is.
1: I I would love that. I would honestly catch every video you made just in hopes that I would get to see the booty mug just once and shot.
0: <laughs> but so what What all, like, I saw there was, like, five different things that you did for merch. Merch is a thing that we've been toying with with a while. We just don't have, we don't know where to get our merch from, really. We have, like, we make stuff to order. But, uh, like, how did you decide on what was going to be the merch you went with?
1: Um... Honestly, I've been fantasizing about putting a couple of images that I have on different designs for a while, and I just found, I forget what the word is, but it's uh, basically they take care of the printing and shipping for you um, on Spreadshirt, and you get, you know, a margin of uh, the income, just a little bit of a profit, but uh, I figured for not having to do all the work that goes with printing all of my stuff, kind of work worth. Honestly, it's the investment that uh, has scared me off from doing made-to-order products with merch.
0: Right, like I worked at a t-shirt shop for a short amount of time, and I was, uh, you know, able to use their uh, printing machine whenever. But to get the stuff that you need, like, you have to order it in at least, like, 300. So, it's it's kind of scary.
1: Store it.
0: <laughs> but, um, so, do you, we, we've talked about your friends, or that you have friends, and that, uh, you know, a close-knit group is, uh, really good in the business, but do you have any role models that you look up to like mm. that made you want to get into this?
1: That made me want to get into it. Um, honestly, um, I have a friend of mine. Um, I think she goes by X Monet on a lot of her stuff um but she is a beautiful confident goddess of a woman and seeing her regular advertisements and posts as far as getting into the OnlyFans and stuff like that and her really claiming her sexuality uh it definitely it inspired me and I was like okay I can do this this looks like a lot of fun and it ended up being way more fun than I thought it would be A lot of work, but a lot of fun.
0: So it's all a pretty positive experience for you in the end.
1: Actually, yeah. Yeah. Um, My biggest issue is it takes a lot of emotional labor uh, that you you wouldn't anticipate, you know, you're, especially like with OnlyFans where you're building these uh, consumer relationships um, eventually, you know, you're really getting to know them. You're being very intimate with these people. And um, it, there are times where I don't have any energy for personal interactions because of how much I've poured into my business interactions. That, uh, that, that would, that would be my biggest negative experience. Of course, you're going to get people who are you know, a little bit rude about the prices or, you know, don't really agree with the idea of selling, you know, sexual content. Um, and they'll be a little bit aggressive towards you about that. And that's also very difficult, but otherwise I would say a very positive experience.
0: Uh, what, what do you have to say to anyone looking to get into either stripping OnlyFans or anything else in the, uh, I guess industry you'd call it.
1: Um, so for the E industry, I, my biggest, 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 biggest piece of advice is build your audience first. If you're, uh, if you want to be anonymous, make your entertainer, Instagram, Twitter, and all of that stuff before you make the only thing. Get people excited. Let them get to know you before you even start thinking about selling. So they're following your personality and who you are. Because of that intimate relationship, they're going to be more inclined to want to buy from you personally rather than you feeling like you're one model in a sea of models. Um, For stripping, ankle support. Honestly, my biggest advice, don't get those shitty little high heels with a strap that goes over your toes. No, 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 no. Nay, nay. <laughs> get uh, get something that really like grabs onto your ankle because while you're dancing and twisting, you are going to twist. Um, you are going to twist your ankle without it. Um, but intimacy. You're you're really selling intimacy. A body is a body you might be somebody's fetish you might not but at the end of the day uh, you're you're selling a relationship you're selling somebody that accepts the sexuality in another person and is willing to please that and serve it so really like keep that in mind that you're customer service with a personal relationship you know don't don't get too business be able to let your guard down a little bit and and you'll make your big sales. There's no makeup trick, no advertising trick. It really is showing who you are and letting your heart open up a little bit, even though it's going to suck because of rejection and stuff. But uh, yeah, let people fall in love with you because you're awesome and a unique human being who's sexual and deserving.
0: And, you know, that... Right there, a little bit covers my last question that I I forgot it was given to me by a friend, and it's a really good question. Uh, why, why would a guy or girl pay for your OnlyFans when there's so much free content?
1: And that... That's what you really have to be focused on is what is your niche? What is it about you that is going to make these people happy and make them feel like they're getting their money's worth? Like my OnlyFans, it's $7.99 a month. So like less than Netflix, but still it's a subscription. Like you're going to notice that missing from your bank account. Um, But, you know, I have artistic photos, I have high fan engagement, and a lot of people, you know, just followed me because I'm awkward and weird and kind of uncomfortable, but still bangable. (laughs) And uh, you you never really know exactly why. Um, You'll have ideas why, but... um, You know, for the most part, it's because they like you. The same reason why people buy merch. Like, it might be cool merch, but at some point you've made them laugh or you've made them smile or you've touched their heart and they want to support you because of that.
0: It's a good answer. And last question, I got any advice for us with our Confound Sexy Calendar that we're going to make?
1: Ooh, um...
0: We need to have one month where it's completely serious, like nothing seductive about it, but it'll be you with a podcast, Mike. Like we dress you up in a suit.
1: Please. (laughs) Absolutely. I would love that. Can I please be the only like non-sexual thing in your sexy calendar?
0: (laughs) Absolutely.
1: Ethos. (laughs)
0: But, uh, with that, is there any last things you'd like to say, Phoenix?
1: Um yeah, to all the guys listening out there, uh, stop telling yourself that you can't do Frisk chat, you can't do Panty Dill, you can't do only fans. I hear so many guys who go, "Oh, haha, it's so easy for girls. Nay, nay. Men get paid very, very, very well in the sex industry. And no matter what your body looks like, somebody wants to see it. Um, Trust yourself. And if it's within your boundaries and, you know, you're feeling kind of confident in your sexuality, take the leap. Who knows? You might be the next, you know, millionaire off of OnlyFans.
0: You heard it here. Uh, And remember, follow phoenix wherever on her uh what's that link that you can find all of it all my links
1: all my links phoenix embers just give that a google and you'll find me
0: (laughs) and uh don't forget confound only fans coming to you soon
1: oh yes i'm so excited to support and promote
0: (laughs) all right stay saucy out there all y'all This has been the Confound Millennial starring Steven Sturvin Michaels and featuring Phoenix Embers. (laughs) I'm tired of these Confound Millennials.